So if you want to uh, turn in your Bibles or your Bible apps, you can turn to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to be there real briefly, um, and uh, that's where we're going to start today. And But if you also want to turn to Romans chapter 12, um, we'll probably spend more time in Romans 12 than, than most anywhere else. Um, and uh, as I start in Genesis chapter 2, there's a, there's a word that we're going to... Um, that we're going to grab a hold of early on, and we're going to camp on, and we're going to stay there. And I'm hoping that that it's something that just grabs a hold of our heart um, and just kind of expands our, our thinking and our faith. Um, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And, and just to kind of bring you up to speed on what, what has happened here. God God made Adam, um, and then God gave Adam the task of naming the animals, and you know, so he gave Adam responsibility, and then God looks and says, it's not good that he's alone. I will make a helper for him. God created Eve to be a helper for Adam. Now, there's something I want to address today, because some people make a wrong assumption when they read this passage. And here's what the wrong assumption is. A lot of people think helper means less than. And it does not. Helper does not imply less than. This this word for helper comes from the Hebrew word uh, azer. Uh, or azer. I think, I think it's azer. And it implies... It, well, I'll, I'll get to that in one second, but I'll tell you this. It does not imply less than. And a lot of people look at that and they think less than. So let's read a few passages from the Old Testament. We're going to fly by these. And we want to see um, how this word azur is used in the Old Testament. And we're going to see something that it does not have any connotation of less than. So let's just read a few. Um, Deuteronomy 33.7. And this he said of Judah. Hear, O Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him in to his people. With your hands, contend for him and be a help against his adversaries. Still in Deuteronomy 33, let's go to verse 29. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your triumph, your enemies shall come fawning to you, and you shall tread upon their backs. That word help is that word azer. Psalm 33, 20. Our soul waits for the Lord. He, the Lord, is our help and our shield. Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And the last one, Hosea 13, 9. It is your destruction, O Israel, that you are against me. You are against your help. Everyone say, a zer helper. Not lower in status. In fact, as we see, the majority of, of the time that we see this word used in the Old Testament, who was the subject of this word? God. God's the subject. He's the one referred to as the helper. 
Though on the screen here, we have a list of all the other usages of this word. If you want to take a screenshot of that and, and do a search for them later, um, you can do that at your leisure. Um, but I just want to point something out. What is consistent in all uses of this word? What is present is that the person can't do it alone. That's all. The person in need of help needs help and can't do it alone. That's why they need a helper. Adam couldn't be fruitful and multiply alone. Adam couldn't have dominion, rule over and reign the earth alone. He needed a helper for this, this task that the Lord had called him to. And you and I need help too. We need help from the Lord. We need help from one another. We are in need of helpers. So I, I told you earlier to turn to Romans 12, and I want to bring us into uh, a New Testament passage that stays on this theme. Romans 12, 3, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So let me be uh, perfectly imperfect with you right now. I, I stink at this. I mean, I really do. I am not good at this at all. I looked up that phrase, you know, to think more highly uh, of, of oneself, and it's the word hyperphroneo. Um, and there's times I think I can do it all. And so I try. There's times I don't want to bother people. And so I don't ask. I'm bad at asking. I'm bad at asking for help. I always have been, and, and I, I just stink at it. There's times I think that in asking for help that it's going to be too burdensome for people. And in doing so, I am at fault. That is wrong because we see again and again and again that we are not called to do anything alone. God calls us to family. It says he calls the orphan to family. He assembles us. We are told that we are his body, that we are living stones built together. So I don't necessarily do this because I think I'm, I'm some big stud that can, can do it all. I think there's just times I'm just short or small-sided. There's times I just think small. And I confuse the measure of faith that God has given me because I, I have, I feel like I've got strong faith and I feel like, you know, Lord, I, you know, with, with you, you know, I'm willing to swing and miss again and again. I mean, I've prayed, I've prayed for the dead to be raised five times now and, and I haven't seen the dead raised, but that's not going to stop me from praying resurrection over over the sixth person that I come across because I believe God is big and I'm I'm willing to, to swing and miss but I'm willing to pray and believe for the audacious but here's the thing I confuse that measure of faith with the purpose that God has in the body jointly carrying the load And honestly, I think there's times I think because I'm a, like a big guy and I've got broad shoulders and I, 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 
confuse the physical with the spiritual, and I try and do more than I should, and I fail to see that God has called us to do this together. And I do want to make it abundantly clear, this is not a strength of mine. This is a weakness. I'm just being humble, and I'm just being authentic with you. This is a weakness that I need to grow in. That's the truth. God wants us to function as one body. And there's not an insignificant part. I say it all the time. We have different strengths. We have different gifts. We have different capabilities. And we also walk through different seasons. What might be a strength of mine right now in this season might not be a strength in the next season because I might not have the weight that has the strength to carry the weight. That's why we do it together. Just because I'm strong in something right now doesn't mean I'll be in strong in something next month or next week or whenever the next season is. Still in Romans 12, verse 4. For as in one body, we have many members. And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually, members one of another. Having gifts that differ, uh, differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. You are needed, and you are vital. And just as I say that there's not an insignificant part of the body, I'm telling you right now, there's, there's not a person here that's insignificant. We are all needed and we are all vital. Even something as temporal as, as hair, and I go here because I have none here, so I go here. I, I still don't want this to be taken. I, I, I like this. I want this here. It's significant. Even though it will grow back, it's significant. There's not an insignificant part of the body of Christ. The Passion Translation really drives home this point about being vital. I want to read that in the Passion. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the other. I find that so so cool and encouraging and also embarrassing because I forget it, but, but we are called to contribute to one another. We are called to encourage one another. We are called to uplift one another. We are called to serve one another. We are called to encourage one another. We are called to prophesy, to exhort one another. We are called to teach one another. Do you guys see a, a, a recurring theme here? God wants us built up, and he has equipped us, and we are enough. Now, God will add to us, and we'll, we'll be equally enough 
at that time, but we are enough. We are called to care for one another. You are vital to the body of Christ. You are vital to this church. You are vital to me. You are vital to this eldership team. I just need to make this abundantly clear. You are vital. And we all have different functions. But I want to say this. We have the same purpose. Different functions. But this purpose, if God has called you to this church, then this is part of your DNA. And this is part of your purpose. And it is a major part. And it is this. Helping people to love and follow Jesus. Different functions. Different ways of doing this. Different ways of helping people. But helping people to love and follow Jesus is purpose that you have. Because that is the purpose that God has given this, this church. What is purpose? Purpose is the reason for which something is done. The reason for which something is created or for which something exists. That's purpose. Now, on the other hand, a, a porpoise is a group of fully aquatic marine animals similar in appearance to a dolphin. But that's a porpoise. I'm talking about a purpose right now. So what is my porpoise purpose? It's just, a, it's just pastoral humor, which is like equally on par with the dad joke. So there you go. I'm just getting warmed up. Let's turn uh, to the book of Matthew. We're going to read two familiar passages. We're going to read two significant passages. We're going to read two things that speak to our purpose, and then I'll, I'll just briefly unpack it. So I'm going to, I'm going to read from uh, the Passion, Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow. Follow all that I have commanded you, and never forget that I am with you every day. That's called the Great Commission. We're also told about the Great Commandment, and that's also in Luke chapter 22, verse 36. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus answered him, Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart and with all the energy of your being and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. So at Impact Rock Church, we have taken these two greats and we have combined them into this simple yet life-changing mission, helping people Love and follow Jesus. Helping people love Jesus. I don't want just, Karen and I, we, we were, thankfully we had this revolution early in our parenting. Like we don't want to just teach our kids to do good. We're not, ju we're not just trying to um, model behavior or preach behavior or like talk about their behavior. We want to teach them to love Jesus. And we're going to trust that, that you know, we'll do our part, but their behavior, if they love Jesus, 
then there's going to be some really cool things that follow in the area of their behavior. We want our kids to love Jesus and then to follow him, to see that there's things that he asks, there's things he commands, there's things that he says, this will bring you life, but you're going to have to trust me on it because it goes counter to what you think or to what this world says and to what you think might be the best thing. Trust me, follow me. Helping people love and follow Jesus. You are a part of this. When I say this is the church's mission, what am I saying? It's your mission. It's not, it's not the building's mission, right? It's not the building's mission. It's not the platform's mission. We're the church. This is our mission. So what are your functions in, in walking out this mission? How do you contribute to, to this local church, you know, for the one another's of this church? in order to fulfill the mandate that God has given us to bring people into life and loving relationship with him. I can't answer that for you, but maybe I can help draw it out of you. What are your gifts? What comes naturally to you? What, what do you enjoy doing? What do, like brings fulfillment? What do you enjoy doing? Start there. Start with those things. Do you, do you just like encouraging? Does it just come easily for you? You just just encourage people. Doesn't matter where you are. You're, you know, you're at a Starbucks and you see someone, you're like, oh my gosh, I love that top. What, a, what an incredible shirt. You look fantastic. Oh, thank you. Well, who was that? I don't know, but the top was awesome. I just wanted to encourage them. You know, encourage, hey, I know you're weak, but you know, I'm, I'm praying for you and you're going to make it and I, I'm going to keep praying for you. Encourage them. Do you encourage? Is that something that just kind of flows from you? Then encourage. And have fun doing it. As I'm reading these things, these aren't, we should smile. These are things we get to do to bring life to others, and that should make us happy. And we should have fun doing it. Are you gifted in serving? Then serve with joy and with gratitude and not grumpily. Probably not a word. But with joy. Are you gifted in showing acts of hospitality? Then be hospitable. Don't let anyone stop you from being hospitable. Be hospitable. Make others feel welcome. Make this a place that others Walk into, and they feel welcomed and loved and at home right away. Do that. I'm letting you know right now, you are empowered. These things I'm reading, you are empowered to be you in Christ Jesus. You don't need permission for this. Now, maybe you need some structure. Maybe you're like, hey, I need to have um, a team or a, or a title or whatever. I'll give you whatever you want. We're, we're going to come up with the coolest titles for you. You want business cards? We'll get you business cards with the coolest title. I don't care. We just got to do it. Are you gifted in teaching them truths? And I'm not talking about Mary Jean Powers' level of teaching. She's been doing this for 50 years in 50 nations. Did you guys hear when she said that last week? 50 years in 50 nations. But can you teach? Can you unpack the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus and teach? Then teach. 
and be gifted in friendships and be an awesome friend. Befriend people. Let them know they're not alone. Be a friend. Are you gifted in financial generosity? Then give extravagantly. Are you gifted in passionate leadership? Then, then serve with zeal and excitement and enthusiasm. If you are a leader and you are willing to link arms with like-hearted people, I'm just letting you know you're needed in this place. Your, your leadership is needed in this place. See me after service. We'll link arms right away. We'll start doing this together right away. Remember earlier when I started off talking about what I'm really bad at? Okay, I'm trying to remedy that right now. I'm trying to let you know that you are vital and you are needed and we need your help and you will make a difference way beyond what you think you can. One of the enemy's biggest tricks is to minimize your impact to try and keep you from ever serving, from ever leading, from ever doing something, saying, who are you? That's for others. That's not for you. You know, you, you, you'll never make the kind of impact as so-and-so. And that's just garbage. That's just ridiculous. Satan's a liar. Are you gifted in showing acts of mercy? Then do what? Show mercy. Speak mercy. Speak grace. And do so with joy. And let your words of mercy have hope. And let it point people to Jesus. Be creative in ways that we use these gifts. So do these bullet points sound familiar? Because basically what I just did is I just took Romans 12, 7 through 8, and I broke them down in the simplest of terms. Let's continue in verse 9. Romans 12, 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Let love be authentic. Let it be genuine. You just be you and, and just let you let that love be authentic. Let's make sure that that love is not just the confines of our love, but that we are tapping into the endless love of God. So let's just let's just be let's be authentic. Let's be real. Let's be genuine. Despise what is evil. And I just I need to say this. This isn't talking about people. It might be talking about the devil. It might be talking about you know the devil. But despise what is evil. And cling to what is good. Cling to it and don't let go. Bear hug that sucker. Bear hug good and don't let go. We as a church are taking a huge leap of faith on September 6th. You and I, the church, us, we're taking a massive leap of faith on September 6th. What are we doing on September 6th? We're launching Little Launch Christian Preschool. And I just need to make this clear. And I, I think we know this, but sometimes, once again, the enemy's such a liar. He, he tries tries to make things hazy. I just need to say this. Kara is not launching Little Launch Christian Preschool. 
the pastoral team at Impact Rock Church is not launching Little Launch Christian Preschool. Who's doing it? Out of obedience to the spoken word of God, we as a church are launching Little Launch Christian Preschool. Little Launch is a ministry of Impact Rock Church. It's a ministry of this church. We are doing this together. But, but it's so easy to think, oh, this is something great Kara's doing. Good for her. Atta girl. We're doing this. We're called to do it together. Can you repeat after me? I, wait for it, am starting a preschool. I'm starting a Christian preschool by the power of God, out of obedience to God. We are doing this. I, I emphasize our, our mission, right? Helping people love and follow Jesus. That's Impact Rock's mission. And so the preschool has the same mission. We just kind of, we, we unpacked it just a little bit more, and it's helping children and their families love and follow Jesus. What do you think about that, Marie? What do you think about helping children and their families following Jesus Christ? Do you follow him? What do you think about that, Gio? Helping children learn about Jesus and fall in love with him so that they live their lives in love with Jesus, following Jesus. You know what I want for the children of, of Little Launch Preschool? And it's not like there's one testimony better than the other. But, but I pray that their testimony is, you know, I, I, I just don't remember a time when I didn't love Jesus. I just don't remember a time when, when I didn't love him, when I wasn't following him. That, that's what I want. That's what I want the testimonies of these young people, that they fall in love with him and that families are saved as a result. Parents are saved as a result. Neighborhoods are saved as a result of a child trusting in Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, it will happen again and again. We will see it happen. You guys, this will be one of the most genuine expressions of love and faith that we as a, as a church has ever done. In the 12 years that we've been a church, this will be one of the most faith-filled and loving expressions of Obedience to the Lord that we've ever done, and we're called to do it together. And for this church, I'm sorry, and for this school, this preschool to succeed, we as a church have to be committed to this. We just read that we're to hate what is evil, right? I'm just telling you right now that a Christian preschool is needed in our town. There is some evil, evil stuff that the enemy wants these kids to buy into at a young age. And we're going to proclaim the love of Jesus. See, we're not going to teach against anything. We're going to teach Jesus so that they know the truth, so that the lies stick out like a sore thumb. So what is our plan of action to counteract evil? I mentioned it, right? Bear hug. Bear hug. Would you cling to what is good? What we're doing, this work, this is good. What, what the, the risk that we are taking 
I, I heard one time that that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And we are taking this risk based on faith, and it's good. Be genuinely loving. Cling tight to what is good and don't let go. And this is our unified work. We are doing this together. And I'm telling you right now, this is a huge part of the vision God has given us for Impact Rock Church for 2022 and beyond. This is a massive part of our vision. And I'm telling you guys right now, and I, I, I'm okay kind of beating this a little bit and kind of reiterating this again and again. The enemy wants you disconnected. The enemy wants you to think, this isn't your thing, and I'm here to tell you it is your thing. We are the church that God has called to do this and are called to do it together. Why? See, if, if the enemy can get us disconnected, then, then we're not a threat to him. See, this, like, like the enemy doesn't fear this. He, he doesn't fear this. And th this is you disconnected. This is me disconnected. He doesn't fear this. You know what the enemy fears? This right here. Right here, unified, mighty, united in him, united one together. This the enemy fears. Our unity together in Christ Jesus and walking in his purpose just scares the heck out of the enemy. Can I read a part of the curriculum that, um, that we, led by Super Director Kara Harper, uh, we'll, be, we'll be teaching the kids. Babe, can you give me a tissue, please? So this curriculum, um, which is very familiar to the Diderios because they learned this when, they, when their kids were students at Res, um, this, this is called Who He Is, Who I Am, Identity. So as we teach the ABCs, also known as the alphabet, I'm not a teacher, but I am a student. As we teach these things, we're going to teach it with this, with this curriculum. Who is he and who am I? So the first one right here, he, A, he is my Abba Father, and I am the apple of his eye. B, and, and before I move on, so that A, all week long, that will be at the center of, of what we're being taught. That'll be reiterated again and again. It'll be memorized. And eventually, these are the things you're going to sink into their heart. B, he is my banner. I am beloved of God. How amazing is it that children will learn that he is my faithful father and I am forever forgiven by my father. I'm going to skip the cue. Cue, he is quick to forgive. I am quietly cared for. X. This was easier when I did it in my chair earlier today because I had two hands. X, he is exalted. 
I am excellent in Christ. So what can I do? What can you do? Let me ask you, are, are you praying for this? Is, this? is this an important part of your prayer life? Are you praying for Little Launch Christian Preschool? Are you praying for God's provision, for godly teachers? Are you praying for his favor to be manifested in the most remarkable ways every step of the way? Are you praying for Kara, who's going to be director? Are you praying for this pastoral team who's going to have oversight? Who's going to speak at chapel services? Are you praying for God to draw the children he wants here, to draw the families that he wants here, who he wants to radically touch and grow through the school? What can you do? You can pray. Are you praying right now? Stop waiting. Pray now. You can pray. What else can you do? Are you talking about it? Are you, are you telling people about it? Are you spreading the word? Are you posting about it? Are you boasting about it? We're starting a Christian preschool. We're going to point children and families in our town to Jesus. I'm so excited. Have you planted the seed specifically for this work? Over here, we have, we have tithes. And then over here, we have a seed. We're going to plant a seed into this work. And we talked about the Amazon list, and that's one of the ways. And then people are serving in construction. That's one of the ways. And, and these are seeds that are being planted in faith for what? For a harvest. There's lots that you can do. There's lots that we can do. And I'm just letting you know right now, even all the way down to our children, none of us should be doing nothing. None of us should be doing nothing. We all should be praying. We all should be talking. We all should be sharing. This is our work. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land. Dave, why don't you come up so that I'm reminded that I'm landing. And let me state the obvious here, you guys. Serving in this house is serving God. And serving in this house is serving in the preschool. I talked about hospitality earlier. Making this a place where that, that people feel welcomed and loved, that, that serving this house, that is serving the preschool. It makes a difference because there's going to be families that are going to come to the preschool and they're going to say, hey, I want to check this church out. It makes a difference. So maybe it's, it's the Wilson family that moves to Denver from Seattle and who, who has a four-year-old and they're going to add to the preschool. And by you serving here, when they walk in the doors, they feel at home and they feel loved and they see that Jesus is real. It all works together for the good. These works are inseparably linked. I guess I'm just trying to make that point. These works are linked. So I have to trust the Lord. I have to trust the Lord that, that he's put on my heart that, that we're, we're kind of disjointed in this and there's too many people thinking that's Kara's thing or that's a few people's things that aren't taking ownership of it. I feel like if God put that on my heart, then that must be true, that that must be something that the enemy's trying to do. And we are all to have vision for this. And we're all to be committed in this. 
These are works of unity, and these are works in unity, and we need to be in unity as well. Helping people, helping teens, helping seniors, helping children, helping their families, helping people love and follow Jesus. So what we have here might not be huge, but it is real. It is authentic. It is genuine. Our love for God is authentic. Our love for one another is authentic. Our love for our community is authentic. It is heartfelt and it's profound. It's genuine. It's not fake. It's patient and it bears each other's burdens. It's full of grace, full of mercy, full of hope, and it's full of God's love. God's love has to be demonstrated by us, to us, to God, and to our community. And this is the work that God has called us to do together. So I want to read Romans 12, 11. It'll be the last verse I have today. Do not be slothful in zeal. You guys know what slothful means? Lazy. Zootopia. Do not do yeah, one of the seven deadly that's right. I just think of Zootopia for sloth. Do not be lazy in zeal. Don't be lazy in passion. Don't be lazy in enthusiasm. Be passionately intense. That's what the word fervent means. Passionately intense, and I love it. Be fervent. So we don't use fervent, so we can use this. Be passionately intense in spirit and serve the Lord. We got to do it together. Because this, this isn't effective, but this is. And one person trying to do it in their own strength is bound to run out of strength. But the body doing it together, sustaining one another, serving the purposes of the Lord, strong in some seasons, weaker in other seasons, strong in some areas, really inept in other areas, that's okay, because we're doing it together. A zer. Helpers. We need to be a helper. We need helpers. We need God as our helper. This is a significant season. And I just want to encourage all of us. See yourself as part of this. See yourself as part of this mission. See yourself as part of this work. See yourself as, as someone who's going to make a difference in the lives of children, in families, in community, and beyond.